More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome to Hour 3 of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I am Buck, and we've got a special friend with us now. 13-time New York Times best-selling author of such smash hits as Godless and Adios America and In Trump We Trust and Guilty and Treason. And I got through a bunch of them off the top of my head. The one and only Ann Coulter is with us now, AnnCoulter.com, for her latest columns. Ms. Coulter, welcome. Great to be here. Hello, Buck, and hello, Clay. Your piece this week on critical race theory is fantastic because... There's this this argument out there, Anne, that we can't even really have a public discussion about CRT because it's just just so gosh darn complicated. Explain to us what your feelings are on this. (laughs) I couldn't believe when I saw that was the line they were taking. I mean, it makes sense. They don't want to talk about it. Um, Parents have found out what's going on. Technically, fathers. That's actually truly a uh, the, the mother of a um, student at a fancy private school in New York recently told me um, that this wokeness studies and the anti-white studies have been going on forever at these private schools in New York, and the mothers knew about it, but they don't want to make a fuss. And then we had the COVID shutdowns, and Dad overheard what their kids were being taught. <laughs> so that's when all hell broke loose, and I thank you, Fathers of America. Um, so, you, you know, this is indefensible. It's part of the left's long um, hatred of the West, hatred of America, hatred of white people. Um, nothing really new there. Uh, but when I first saw, presumably on MSNBC, someone taking the line that, oh, well, it's just, it's, it's a very complex area. It's taught, you know, at high level graduate schools. It was developed in the law schools. I, I just burst out laughing. <laughs> Cut the crap. This is nothing but everything is based on race. There's your critical race theory. Um, we can summarize it very quickly. Just, you know, throw something at me. That's racist. 
That's racist. Capitalism is racist. America is racist. White people are racist. The criminal justice system is racist. Law is racist. Standardized tests are racist. Punctuality is racist. That's critical legal theory. I do not, this is not studying quantum mechanics. It isn't, it isn't a complicated theory. But it, it does give an advantage to the defenders of this anti-white hate um, that they don't have to debate it. <laughs> they just, I quoted um, MSNBC's Joy Reid talking to Christopher Rufo, who's at Manhattan Institute. Probably many of your listeners um, are familiar with him. He, he writes about critical race theory um, or, the, you know, that's, you, that's racist line of attack. And uh, Joanne Reed, at the beginning of what was supposed to be a deb- debate, goes through a series of questions. Are you a legal scholar? Uh, have you gone to law school? Have you steeped yourself in the... We, we, you know what? And that was such a great clip. We, that we played that on the radio show, like the absurdity of that interaction a few weeks ago. And so I, you're right. We were talking and we're going to continue to talk. I basically Demo- uh, branded the Democratic Party's entire platform as everything is racist. It defines everything that they support right now. My theory yeah. is, Anne, that the only way this ends is with Kamala Harris getting her ass kicked in 2024, and the Democratic Party has to go back and say identity politics and cancel culture, which is branded together as everything is racist, that's what they share, that that's the only way the Democrats are going to realize and recognize the absurdity of their claims. Do you see it ending any other way? Where does this go? That's an interesting point. Uh, I mean, we'll see. The D- Democratic Party has as its secret weapon the Republican Party. Um, <laughs> and never put it past Republicans to blow an easy election. You'd think Republicans would be do extremely well both in the midterms and the presidential election um, with all of this defund the police. Um, something else Democrats are lying about now. Um, you know, one thing on Kamala Harris that I've found interesting is I, I know a lot of Democrats uh, and to a man, a lot of a lot of liberal reporters, New York Times reporters, every single one of them says straight out the nominee is not going to be Kamala. I don't know how they're going to do it. She won't win in the primaries. The media will say, oh, that's so terrible. The country's Sexist racist, and racist, right? Because on. that's that's her calling card is if she's not the nominee, it's because of sexism and racism, which plays into everything. But you're, it's funny you mentioned that, well, Ann, because I Bill O'Reilly told us the same thing. It. He said but Kamala won't be the choice. They can't do it. We'll, we'll see, but Democrats are convinced it will not be Kamala. I keep saying to them, and I don't think they have a good answer for it, and that is, how do you dump um, a half-black, half-Indian female vice president? I mean, normally the vice president is, is the party's next nominee. I don't, I don't know how they pull that off, but Democrats seem, seem dead set, set on trying to. Kamala is not very popular. Um, as for identity politics ending, I mean, it, their plan is not to end it. Their plan is to overwhelm the country with, with so, many, so many identities that, you know, as long as they're not historical, you know, white Americans um, through, through their immigration plans. And, I, I mean, they've been writing about this for 30 years. Roy Teixeira in Texas, the, the, the Kennedy family. We are going to win. This is their position. We are going to win by overwhelming the country 
um, with with immigrants, and, and they vote for us nine to one. And did you see that the Democrats right now? And we're speaking to Ann Coulter for everyone joining us, best-selling author, AnnCoulter.com for her latest column on critical race theory, in which she she gets you you instead you could do a five-year PhD on CRT. Or just know and summation, everything is racist. That's critical race <laughs> theory. So there you go. You have a pretty good, a pretty good, uh, pre of it. But, and, you know, the Democrats are trying to sneak through. Now the parliamentarian in the Senate can stop it and it's not necessarily going to happen. But an amnesty for about five or six million people. Have you seen this? That's a budget matter, the Democrats say. Yes. 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 And it illustrates both points. Um, we were just talking about one is the Democrats won't have to give up identity politics if they can just create enough enough identity politics voters in the rainbow coalition. That is their plan so that they never have to give it up. Um, will it work? Um, <laughs> it's been working pretty well so far. They're almost there. They're so close they can taste it. Um, and, and the other point, um, how the Democrats' secret weapon is the Republican Party. There was an article in The Hill yesterday um, I tweeted out uh, as, as I've been saying forever, GOP's top donors are demanding an amnesty. Oh, my gosh, we can never, ever stop the rich Republicans from ruining our party and ruining our country. They don't care what kind of country this becomes. They don't care that if in 10, 15 years, Republicans can never win another presidential election. They don't care about the culture or it changing as long as they can make another five bucks this week. And what do you think? Uh, I, I am focused like a laser so much of the time now on big tech. And I know Donald Trump's lawsuit came out and immediately a lot of people said, oh, there's nothing to this. But literally, as we're talking, Jen Psaki just said at the White House uh, briefing, uh, and I quote, we're flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. That is the White House saying they are looking at what is being shared on Facebook and they are flagging things that are disinformation in their mind and asking Facebook to remove them. How is that not the government basically using Facebook and becoming a state actor in terms of censorship? This is a massive story to me. Are you as troubled? I know you have a law degree too, but when I sit back and I look at it, this is fundamentally broken, the power that big tech has to determine what we can and cannot see, including banning Donald Trump while you're letting the president of Cuba go out and say that uh, whatever he wants, the supreme leader of Iran. I mean, this is madness. Yes, yes. And actually, you, you raise a really important point. The argument that I think is, is silly and stupid, but it is the argument that is made by by the libertarians that, oh, well, Facebook, private company, they can do what they want. Well, uh, okay, it's kind of a <laughs> what we call in the law a natural monopoly. Um, if you own the only means of communication, and it is down to about, um, you know, a handful of companies. Um, I've been worrying about this day for years. It is so strange that you can get so much information on the Internet. And, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, and the New York Times are no longer the sole gatekeepers of what we're allowed to know about. I just figured someday I'm going to wake up, try to click on Breitbart.com, and <laughs> it'll be gone. It's not going to be there. I'll try to email Bach. It won't go through. Yep. Um, and we're, we're getting to that point. But what you raise, and as a legal point in particular, um, is that even with the libertarian argument, oh, it's a private company, which, again, I think it's stupid, um, when 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 these um, tech giants are coordinating with the government, 
well, okay, now it is just government censorship and you're using a private company in order to censor people. So I don't even think they have the um, idiot boy libertarians argument at this point based on what you just said. And Coulter, everybody, check out her latest column on critical race theory and the complications of it or, or lack of complications or complexity <laughs> as it may be. And Coulter.com for her latest. And great to have you. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming on. She's fantastic, huh? Oh, oh she's the best, dude. So much, so much fun. Such a, gr- a, a great lady. Fun to talk to. R- writes fantastic. Dude, 13. She's written 13 New York Times bestselling books. Think about that. I mean, it's an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. Especially because the New York Times doesn't ever want to say anything conservative is actually a bestseller. Most of them, I think, were number one bestsellers. But anyway, uh, makes it she's harder great. To we'll say have, no we'll have her back on soon. But Clay, you know, we should get into the sake. You mentioned this, the sake bomb that just dropped. Let's come back and talk about. They're just straight up saying we're, we're censoring. We're working. We, the government, the Biden administration, are working to prevent misinformation. Like, I don't know. Is our whole Alex Berenson deep dive we did, Clay, is that misinformation on Facebook? It? Probably. Can you even? Yeah. I mean, like, I was looking earlier when we had the conversation about natural immunity versus vaccine immunity, Buck. And I was like, hey, I want to send this to OutKick for us to distribute it. And I said, I know 1 billion percent Facebook is going to flag this and not allow us to share it. So we'll come back into that. And also maybe a little bit of time on the budget plus because the budget is a thing that is important for people to pay attention to. We're looking at three and a half, four trillion dollars. You know, there's some stuff here sneaking in amnesty, Green New Deal spending, a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Um, And in the meantime, though, we want to make sure that you have a secret weapon in the war against inflammation. Catherine from Pennsylvania is a Relief Factor customer. She wrote in with this testimonial. My shoulder aches and pains were ruining my life. I repeatedly heard a number of radio hosts praise Relief Factor, and because I respect these people, I decided to try it. Relief Factor has decreased my pain drastically without side effects. I know for sure Relief Factor has helped my mom and dad, and I know that Clay's wife is taking it too, and big fans all around. Yeah, and look, she's young. She's in her 40s. Hopefully she doesn't get mad at me for saying that. But she's young, and she's a mom of three. She runs around. She's incredibly active. She does Peloton. She does all sorts of uh, of boxing training. She's 1-0 as a professional fighter. Buck, she's a beast. She's in incredible shape. But like a lot of people out there who work out hard, they have issues with all sorts of pain that might come. And that's why you need Relief Factor, whether you work out really hard like my wife does or you're a casual weekend golfer like your dad. And hopefully I didn't offend him by saying casual because I know he's got some pretty good he, scores. He, does, he doesn't think it's casual, Clay. Yeah. He thinks golf is life. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people, by the way, British Open going on right now. A lot of people waking up early to make sure who definitely feel like golf is life. And you need to join hundreds of thousands of people out there who have ordered Relief Factor and about 70% of them go on to keep ordering more, you can join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the $19.95 three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. That's Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I am Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton, and we are rolling through the Thursday edition of the program. Hard to believe, Buck. We've been on the air for almost a month now. I don't want to scare people who think their life is flying by even faster than uh, than they thought, but 
That's pretty crazy. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and Ann was just great. And you heard us talking about what I think is going to be a linchpin, important part of not only President Donald Trump's lawsuit, which is a class action lawsuit that I think a lot of people could end up involved in, but the idea, Buck, a lot of people say, oh, the First Amendment isn't involved in big tech because these are private companies and the private companies aren't impacted by big tech. And, uh, you know, they have the First Amendment doesn't apply to private companies. But I'm stunned by some of the admissions that I'm seeing coming from Democrats about how closely they are working in concert with big tech companies. And Jen Psaki just said in a White House press briefing, even though she knows the Donald Trump lawsuit is out there, that Democrats on her staff are watching big tech and constantly flagging stories that they don't want Facebook to be sharing as disinformation. This is wild. Listen to this audio. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. Content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID-19, the COVID community core to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. Let's let's this, just assume this is for, wild. Let, let, let's assume for a second that it's the Trump administration in office because this always illuminates these things, I think, pretty well. Let's assume it's the Trump administration and Trump says or rather his uh, White House press secretary, Kelly or the uh, but Spence, uh, Spicer, Spicy. Um, that one of them says we're working with Facebook to block Russia collusion lies from the fake news. I actually I mean, there would have been mass protests in the streets. You would have had people saying that this was now fascism in America. I mean, it's hard to even begin to wrap your mind around how angry the libs would be about that. Why is this OK? I want to repeat what she said, Buck. Direct quote from the White House, we're flagging, meaning the White House, we're flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. Every word in that sentence should terrify any American who believes in every single word. And how is this even a little bit the White House's job? I mean, let's think about this for a moment. Facebook is a massive corporation with a bigger balance sheet than most countries. And they need the what they need Jen Psaki. No, the only reason the White House would even be involved in this is because of the politicization of the process of censorship and the all too close, dare I say, collusion based relationship between the Democrat White House under Joe Biden and big tech censors. What this does, Buck, from a legal perspective, is provide direct evidence that these tech companies are becoming pseudo government actors, that they are becoming a state actor for purposes of this uh, this lawsuit. And I want to give a shout out to Kaylee McEnany, Harvard Law grad, by the way, who shared that information. And I just want to make sure we got it out to all of you. But man, that is an unbelievable admission right from the White House. And look, 
Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation carries forward a legacy of courage and heroism. 20 years now, we're marking that America's heroes and their families are going to get 200 mortgage-free homes. That is what they are doing, and they want you to know the words never forget require action. Do good and take action now. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. It is a fantastic step that you can take and help honor the chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, who's going to be walking more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days from the Pentagon to Shanksville, culminating at Ground Zero on 9-11. Support him and make sure that you make your donation again. One more time, T2T.org, T, the number two, T.org. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. 
Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. James Golden here, host of the podcast series Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the Golden EIB microphone. There's a new episode now available sharing the details of how the Limbaugh Letter publication came to be. Listen to the entire series wherever you listen to podcasts. Tunnels at Towers Foundation and MyPillow are both sponsors. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. Uh, You can find our podcast wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. And Coulter was just with us to start off the third hour of the program. We are still reacting to a true Saki bomb, truth bomb. She said the quiet part out loud. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. That is an unbelievable admission that deserves massive attention. We'll see whether or not anyone in the media is actually willing to do that. Also, wanted to mention, we had the Major League Baseball All-Star Game on Tuesday night, Buck. Monday was the Home Run Derby. Major League Baseball All-Star Game nearly set an all-time low for viewership. Why? Because they made the decision that I think is the worst decision any commissioner has ever made, Major League Baseball did, to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta. And lots of you out there who may be baseball fans, you chose not to watch. Second lowest viewing for an All-Star game that has ever existed. And it narrowly beat 2019 only because they've changed the metrics by which they measure viewership to now include bars, hotel rooms, gyms, all those other places. Otherwise, it would have been substantially lower than we've ever seen before. This goes to my mantra, Buck. Get woke, go broke, and Rush has talked about this before when it comes to sports. How about this, folks? Ratings crash for the NBA for Major League Baseball after protest-filled debuts. Who was it that predicted this was going to happen? I think it was your host. As the NBA and the Major League Baseball returned from their coronavirus-imposed hiatus, it appears that television viewers are not interested in what the increasingly woke leagues have to offer. With both baseball and basketball draped in all sorts of Black Lives Matter and social justice symbolism for their opening games, a substantially smaller number of fans tuned in to the rest of the week's games. The openers did okay, but after that... So, folks, it is clear the American people, the majority, have no interest in watching something with BLM all over the pitcher's mound, Black Lives Matter all over the signage and ballparks. They don't want to tune in to watch a bunch of players kneeling during the American National Anthem. They just don't want to see it. And I hope the people at the NFL are watching this. I hope the people, the, I doubt it because I think Twitter runs American sports now. 
I think Twitter and Nike are running professional sports. But I'm telling you, these ratings crashes have nothing to do with the fact there aren't any fans in the stadiums. The American people just don't want to be preached to by a Marxist pro-communist organization while they are trying to get enthused and excited about the return of major league professional sports. It's not complicated to understand at all. The politicization of sports, Clay, is depressing, isn't it? It's one of those yes. things that we all, I think anybody who's reasonable would say it was better before. It was better when everyone showed up to the ball game, whatever game we're talking about, and felt like we were all welcome. We were all there to be entertained and inspired, and we were root, we were rooting for these players, and it was it was a great unifier. And now it's just been polluted with with not just politics, a lot of ignorant politics. Let's yes. just be honest about it, especially with the cop stuff and the defund and and all this. It's just madness. They made sports, which I believe, Buck used to be one of the last truly unifying places where you could go to a game and you didn't have to think about the race, the gender, the ethnicity, the religion, sexuality for sure, of any of the other fans around you. When your team won, that tribe was connected no matter what. And my position on this has been straightforward for years now. The leagues are destroying their goodwill. Because you are alienating at least half, if not more, of your diehard audience when you're telling them, don't watch because we have different political views than you. I, it makes no sense. You want to sell to everybody. But is, you know, you say go woke, get broke, or right, go woke, get broke. Is that really resulting in the kind of financial pain that would change behavior for these leagues and, and, and for the players. It feels like these uh, these legacy institutions of, say, what, what, you know, the NBA, the NFL, and, and these other sports can handle these massive viewership drops at least as long as they're temporary and the players' contracts, they're guaranteed contracts for the most part. I know the NFL isn't, right? But the NBA are guaranteed contracts. They get paid the same either way, right? Well, it's an interesting point because they sign long-term television rights deals, and I think what they're hoping is that they can just ride out this period of political activism and then just pretend it never happened. That's what the NBA is trying to do right now, right? They wrote Black Lives Matter on the court. They put everybody's slogans on the back of their jerseys. The NBA Finals going right now, Buck, and they want people to just forget that they were ever politically active because there's no political activism in the game right now, and it's like they're just hoping oh. that people forget about it. If LeBron James had to take a 50% pay cut in his oh, next contract, it would contract, change in a hurry. All of a sudden, you'd see all these players showing up with, you know, they wear American back flag the, uniforms. Back the blue, you know, they'd, yes. be, they'd be appearing in all their selfies uh, on Instagram with law enforcement officers. It, it would change real fast if the bottom line, and look, all you have to do is see the, the way that they bend the knee to China to know that the almighty dollar is ultimately what calls the shots, even more so than the virtue signaling addiction that so often defines the left. Oh, the, the analogy I drew, Buck, I didn't even have to get to 50%. I said if they had to actually lose the contract value for the amount of ratings that they're losing, they would be strength, They'd be doing code reds on anybody saying anything political. If you're costing me 40% of my paycheck because you decided you got to kneel because you have some particular political opinion, 
they would not stand for, but they're inoculated a little bit from the idea of immediate results from all of their lost brand goodwill and audience. Have any sports dramatically benefited from not being woke? I mean, have we seen a sport where everyone says, you know what? This, these guys either don't do politics or they just I show think golf. I think golf has benefited in some way because you know when you put on golf, all you're going to see, the British Open's going on right now, you put on golf, the only thing you're going to see is golf. And honestly, the college sports, college football, and in particular college basketball. Look, Buck, the national title game between Baylor and Gonzaga happened back in March. It's nearly doubled the rating for any NBA Finals game. Nearly twice as many people watch the NCAA tournament championship as have watched any NBA playoff game so far this year. So I think college basketball, because people like basketball, right? It's a sport. Like, it's a fun sport to play. They're getting their fill more in college than maybe they are in the NBA. I mean, when I was younger and used to go to bars, which I don't really do anymore because I'm an old man, uh, but when I used to go to bars more frequently, I remember during college basketball season having to pretend to like college basketball just so I could have friends. That's and it's right. not that That's I don't like it. I just didn't know anything is. about it. But everyone would say, yeah, you know, the Duke blah 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 game. And I was like, That's right. Couldn't be more excited about those two teams from the colleges in the places playing the sports that they do. So That is that is fantastic. That I mean, that's kind of how people fill out their bracket challenge, right? Even if you have no idea, you get sucked into the enthusiasm. And I do think basketball, a popular sport. A lot of people have transferred their allegiance to college more so than pros. The budget is something that I'm very uh, energized about and and anxious about. And I want to talk to you about what they're planning here. It's going to take some weeks for this to really play out. They don't even have text yet on the budget on on the budget resolution. But there's all kinds of shenanigans, Clay. There's shenanigans and malarkey galore with this budget. So I just want to give a little bit of a preview of what we're seeing with that. And speaking of the budget and the trillions of dollars that they want to spend, that's on top of the $6 trillion they spent last year, the over $28 trillion we currently have in the national debt. And we're going to be at $30 trillion in the blink of an eye here. We all know that. So inflation is real. It's already hitting. You're seeing this. What can you do to protect your savings and retirement given all this crazy spending? I'll tell you what I did. I bought real gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group. Not gold and silver stocks. I'm talking about real gold and silver, the kind you can hold, feel, touch, and keep in your possession. I buy my gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group because I trust them. Give them a call right now at 833-404-GOLD. They'll answer all your questions and send you their investment guide. Whether you're looking to have real gold and silver delivered to you or have real gold and silver in your IRA or 401k, the Oxford Gold Group can help. Call the Oxford Gold Group today at 833-404-GOLD. Again, that's 833-404-G-O-L-D. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Buck here with my main man, Clay, and inflation is real, friends. I don't just mean that in a general sense. I mean it's actually happening. It turns out if you're running what is effectively an experiment to debase your currency by making lots of it, just numbers on a a screen, really not even printing it necessarily, and putting it out there, there can be really bad effects of this. Well... America's most well-known socialist, right, uh, the, the chief commissar of the Democrat Party, Bernie Sanders, 
He has some thoughts on this this bill that's making its way. Now, it's early stage, going to take a couple of weeks probably before it actually gets voted on and through. But this bill that has $3.5 trillion plus $600 billion, they're separating it out. Everything is infrastructure right now. I mean, the T-shirt that Clay is wearing is infrastructure. Everything is infrastructure is what they say. You know, the microphone I'm talking, well, that kind of feels like infrastructure, actually. Uh, but here's Bernie on how, yeah, there might. I'm worried about inflation, but as long as we just tax the you-know-what out of everybody, it's not a big deal. Well, I am concerned about inflation, among many other things. Uh, as I think you know, this bill, uh, this $3.5 trillion, and then there's another $600 billion in a so-called bipartisan infrastructure bill, will pay for itself. It will be paid for in a variety of ways, but significantly by higher taxes uh, on the wealthy and large corporations. So that should not add uh, to the inflation concerns. So when you're, when you're counting on Bernie to make sure your monetary policy is not run by the oligarchs, you're in rough waters, Clay. I don't know if I like your Bernie or your Fauci better. Both are pretty solid. We could do a whole argument between Bernie and Fauci sometime on the show. I could tell you, you what, to turn though, off both heads. Both, I mean, turn both, off both, uh, both performances. Both bad for the economy. That's for sure. There are so many. There are so few Democrats now, and this has been. We talked about how the party has gone full insane. Obviously, we talk about that kind of in many different days. But there are so few Democrats who understand basic business now that. I really think Bernie might believe that $4.1 trillion in spending, which is going to be paid for by massively raising taxes on people who are trying to run businesses and small businesses across this country, I, I just they don't understand the basic tenets of capitalism. They really do think, and this is the essence of it, that you can print as much money as you possibly want, and there's no significant... But when I was a kid, I remember... You probably have had these conversations when you were a kid. I had it with my kids. Like, How can there be a deficit when the government can print as much money as they possibly want? That's a kid, childlike thought process as it pertains to deficits and budgets and everything else. And the answer is, eventually, your currency collapses if you just keep printing more of it, and inflation takes off. And that's literally what we're seeing happen already. It is a version of this is modern monetary theory, which some of the advisors around Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, that wing of the Democrat Party believes in what they'll shorthand as MMT. And MMT is pretty straightforward. It's spend money on whatever you think you need to spend money on and then just Try to deal with the inflation there, that happens. There that's, are no consequences. That's, that's what they try to argue. And, that there's and no people, consequences. For people that spend so much time focused on and worried about, at least as they say, you know, the working class, the uh, the you know, the, the middle class. Well, really, these days you hear more about the working class from Democrats. Uh, this is incredibly damaging to their economic prospects and their financial security. It's a tax because it's that's right. It's just this is a tax on people who work for wages. And don't have substantial assets because, you know, the stock market will continue to rise. Most likely the stock market has already been because of zero percent interest rates, a place where everyone's parking their money, who has the money to put in the stock market. Home values. Look at home values all across. Yes, that's great for people that own homes. And a lot of our audience does. But for people that are trying to buy their first home in certain areas, it's getting harder to do so because of the and also the lumber costs. Right. All this starts to come together and clay. 
not you know we'll have to do some some more of the history of this because we like history as you all know on this show fiat currency the history of fiat currency where people just make it up as they go along is very consistent in that eventually it collapses you're exactly right and i just try to break it down the average guy or girl out there listening to us right now you guys are driving around deciding where to buy gas and gas prices are at decade highs and the price of a barrel of oil is skyrocketing that's a tax what you have to pay if you have to drive a substantial amount of miles what you have to pay for the gas to put in your tank the money comes in some form or fashion it just is so incredibly dishonest when inflation is over five percent the people that are the victims the most of inflation is your paychecks are not increasing fast enough in order for you to be able to buy the goods that you need and gas is to me the primary evidence of that right now the price of gas all over this country has skyrocketed and you're driving around trying to save 10 cents on a gallon of gas there's a ton of people out there every single day making that decision i'm going to drive over to this part of town because it's cheaper and that's a real consequence of failed economic policies we should that are going to get worse we should be on an economic rocket ship right now as a country coming out of the pandemic yes. Put aside the delta variant you know fear-mongering and all this stuff they're saying oh it's all whatever we should be in in an absolute boom rocket ship and instead we're in this kind of meh and it's because the people making decisions right now biden and the people well the people making decisions for biden don't really understand basic economics i mean they don't really believe in supply and demand or the, you know these these different concepts that still work whether they want them to or not they're also paying millions of people still not to work and as a result, we've never had more jobs available right now. A lot of you listening to us, you run small businesses or you manage them and you can't even find anybody to work because all of the incentives are in the wrong place. We're going to talk about this massive $4.1 trillion budget deal that appears like it's going to be rolling through. And we're going to have a fantastic Friday for all of you out there. I encourage you to download the podcast if you missed and Coulter, she was spectacular to begin the show. And we appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Come hang with us again on Friday. It'll be Talk fun. To you tomorrow, Bye. everybody. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.